0: Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. The parsha for this Sabbath is entire right, which means see. It covers Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 through chapter 16, verse 17. Now, Moses makes it clear that the real issue of drawing closer to God has to do with the heart of an individual. If Israel would serve Adonai in love and faithfulness, God would send the early and latter rain in their seasons. But if their hearts were foolish and they turn away from God to serve other gods, Adonai's wrath would burn against them. The heavens would withhold the rain. The earth would produce no produce and the nation would speedily perish. The fruitfulness of the promised land depended on heaven's reign just as today the Holy Spirit pours into our lives to help us to be fruitful for God. Chapter 11 concludes with the command that after Israel entered the land they were to conduct a special ceremony at the junction of Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. At Mount Ebal, Joshua was to write the words of the law on large plaster stones and built an altar. Mount Ebal was to be the Mount of cursings, and Mount Gerizim, the Mount of Blessings. Now the tribes on Mount Gerizim would be Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, Wood, Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin. The remaining tribes would gather on Mount Ebal. Now Joshua with the priests, the Levites, and the tribal officers was to stand with the Ark of the Covenant in the valley between the two mountains. And from that location, the Levites would loudly address the people and recite the blessings and the curses. Now, after each curse was spoken, the people on Mount Ebal would shout, Amen, meaning that's true, that's faithful, or so be it. And after each blessing was read, the tribes on Mount Gerizim would shout, Amen. Now, Moses wanted the words to be set before the people and their children to be embedded deep in their hearts and minds. Israel's right to dwell securely in the land was conditional. Israel must be obedient. If they were, God would drive out every enemy that lived in the land and protect them from outside attacks. In chapter 12, Moses reminded the Israelis of certain requirements when worshiping Adonai. Once they were in the land, Israel was to crush and destroy every place where pagan idols were worshipped. The Canaanite religious practices were both false and filthy. They worshipped a multitude of gods and goddesses, chiefly Baal, the storm god, and god of fertility with Ashtoreth, his companion. Now these people made use of temple prostitutes as part of their worship. The goal of the Canaanite religions was fertility for themselves and for their crops. Moses pointed out that anything idolatrous remaining in the land was dangerous because it would tempt Israel away from the one true God. Now Israel was to have one main place of worship and only one altar. The Canaanites built many altars. The Canaanites sacrificed whatever they pleased to their gods, even their own children. But Adonai was specific about what his people were to bring for sacrifice and how they were to go about the sacrificial ceremony. Now we must worship the Lord in the way he commands. We are not free to improvise, to make it up as we go along, nor are we to imitate the religious practices of others. Biblical Judaism and biblical Christianity came by revelation, not by man's inventiveness or Satan's inventions, Satan's instructions. How tragic it is when congregations motivated by false ideas of prosperity and success begin to imitate the world and reduce sacred and holy worship to theatrics. Chapter 13, Moses is told what to do in case of a false prophet. This entire chapter is devoted to this one topic. We would do well to remember that God will permit imposters to arise to test the faith of his people. Real temptations to depart from the loyalty of God may come from any number of sources, from self-professed prophets or miracle workers, even from the nearest relative or a close friend. In any case, false teachers are like an infection that need to be stamped out immediately. My grandchildren would say with the quickness. No enticement to idolatry. Regardless of the sources to be tolerated even for a moment. The false wonder worker is to be put to death. The friend is to be slain. And if a city has turned to idolatry, it is to be destroyed with the quickness. Now this may seem harsh, but there are times when severity is the greatest kindness. And there are times when tolerance of such things is the greatest unkindness. Chapter 14 discusses clean and unclean animals, tithing and making sure The Levites are supported. Chapter 15 discusses the seven-year release of debts, lending money to the poor, the emancipation of the Jewish slave, and the setting apart and sacrificing the firstborn of the cattle, goats, and sheep. And chapter 16 deals with the celebration of the three required pilgrimage festivals. Passover, the Feast of Oats, or Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. All Israeli men were to come to the place of God's choosing at the time of these feasts. That place would eventually be Jerusalem. This chapter also concludes with the appointment of officers for the administration of justice and the prevention of idolatry. Now, the main theme of Pasha Rai right, is that obedience produces blessings. Adonai is saying to his people, give me your hearts and let your eyes delight in my ways. And it shouldn't surprise us that this same thing resounds throughout the new covenant as well. Yeshua instruct his followers to observe all that he commanded and obedience to Yeshua's word will likewise produce blessings in our lives. Now Messiah has set before us life and death, the blessings and the curses, and it all comes down to our receiving him and then faithfully following him or rejecting him. The ball is in your court. What say you? Shabbat shalom.